Hello team and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. It's Fab here, your head teacher. And today, I wanted to share a common complaint with you. Something right before we start with today's show. In fact, so many marketers these days complain on how complex, time-consuming and expensive digital advertising has become. And I bet this is something quite familiar to you as well. Well, guess what? Our friends at Feed make it effortless to run Facebook and Instagram ads that grow your audience and business online. You can wave goodbye to hours wasted in ads managers. Their algorithm has a unique focus on promoting organic content, figuring out which posts work best and amplifying your natural authentic voice to get the best results on social media. So whether you're after more Instagram followers, trying to grow a mailing list or selling products on your online store, Feed will use the best of your organic content to get you there. Plus, you simply connect Feed to Facebook and Instagram, set an objective and budget, and Feed takes care of the rest. As a very, very special gift, our podcast listeners get 30% off for the first three months. All you have to do is head to tryfeed.co slash AMS to sign up and claim the offer. Make sure that you go and check it out. And in the meantime, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello and good day, my dear friends. It's Fab here, back again at Alt Marketing School. Welcome, everyone. New listeners, dear loyal listeners, we're here for you today with a topic that you might be wondering about you might be like fab are we talking about sales outreach today the answer is yes why tune in keep listening to the conversation and you'll find out more because today i'm not alone today i have an expert in loads of things also entrepreneurship as well but also i have a ceo of a great tool which i'll talk about which is all about sales outreach so just to introduce arno who is with us today after studying for seven years to become a tax lawyer Anobelinga decided to devote himself full-time to what he loves and what <clears throat> I love too, which is entrepreneurship. And so he followed his initial successes on small projects and he started to document his journey on LinkedIn and Twitter. And right now, with that same audience, he shares everything about his company, which is co-founder and CEO, which is Breakcold, a personalized sales outreach software. Ano, welcome again in a very, very warm weather. So I'm going to actually close my window for a second because it's getting a bit annoying. How are you doing? Tell me all. Very excited to have you here. Yeah. Hey, Fab. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really happy to, to talk with you today and to maybe uh, give some insights to your audience about sales outreach. I'm sure we'll give them plenty of things to think about. As I mentioned, most of them will be like, I want to know why we're talking about this. I'm a marketer or maybe I'm a small business owner. And I find that especially small business owners will find even more so that they have to sometimes reluctantly get to understand a bit more about sales and outreach. Yeah. So 
if you're a marketer, keep listening because you'll learn a lot as well and you'll see how it applies with everything we do too. But before that, it's time to break the ice. And trust me, I would love some ice today because it's moldering in here. <laughs> Very British problem. It's like, oh, it's so warm. <laughs> so I'm going to bring the ice and I'm going to break it with the first question. Yep. We ready? Yep. What would be a trivia category you'd be really good at and why? If you were in a quiz show, like who wants to be a millionaire, whatever, what would be the trivia category you'd be really, really good at? Uh, animes. So manga for people who know. So manga and animes, basically. I think I would be quite good at, at this category, probably. Or skateboarding, obviously. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Well, if you had to pick one, where, where would you go? Skateboarding, then. I love it. So are you, are you still skateboarding as well? Uh, yeah, not, not, not that much, but, uh, when I, when I can, uh, I do. Yeah. I love it. That's amazing. Okay. We've got two, two strong contenders and a first timer actually with the anime as well. So I love that. Excellent. Thank you so much. And we're actually going to go back in time, maybe around the time that potentially you were starting to skateboard. I don't know. And it's all about the first job you had. So memory lane comes. I would love to learn about the first job you had and what did you learn from it? Uh, so I never actually had uh, a job per se. Like I had a job when I was a student and when I was uh, a teenager to, you know, when uh, a summer job, but I never had a proper job out of studies because I, I started my, my company straight away. Uh, but otherwise my first job uh, was actually to 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 work in a farm during summer and to get some fruits uh as a teenager so that was my first job but if uh, in a way as a teenager uh but otherwise my first job actual job uh after studies was actually uh launching my own companies uh so yeah i mean let's not knock off picking up fruits because that's what i did as my first job yeah. in summer to pay for my First for my camera and then the year after I paid yeah. for a laptop. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I'm going to ask you for both then. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think about the summer job, what did that teach you? And I also want to know what would be one of the early lessons also as an entrepreneur. So a lesson from both, basically. Okay. Um, about the picking fruits part, uh, I think it, it, it taught me to to wake up early because it's during summer. <laughs> and so you you need to wake up at like 5 a.m. and you need to start picking fruits at 5 a.m. 30 and to be disciplined, but nothing really fancy about the lessons, to be honest. Uh, when it comes to um, the startup journey and having my own company, I think it's really about being patient and um, being resilient. And it's all about persistency and consistency. Um, so I think this is the most important thing, whatever you do in life, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to say, though, I'm going to put, again, I'm going to protect my picking up fruit moment here. I'm going to say that actually the resilience and the patience as well, it's something that, again, for anybody who has not been picking up pears in the middle of August, you wouldn't understand. So I'm going to paint the picture it's hot just like today and i'm complaining but just like it's really really stuffy as i'm not saying actually you have to wake up really early because then you're gonna have to take a break at 12 otherwise you're gonna probably like drop and kind of like faint and it's very tedious and it's very repeated like it's a very repetition based job you do the same thing again and again and 
I think what it taught me, because I actually did a bit of reflection in, in my first book, I talked about it. It really taught me the power of the little things, even doing the things that are not fancy, doing the things that are not important, that somebody has to do them. And sometimes you have to do them and they teach you so much about patience and discipline. So again, I like because you said that maybe they were not as deep lessons, but actually reflect a lot some of the lessons that you just mentioned about entrepreneurship. So I'm going to protect my little <laughs> picking up fruit philosophy yeah. here, like the little nuggets of wisdom from yeah, that it's too. It's definitely linked somehow. <laughs> now, going into again, your apparently your first job, which obviously is like running your company, how would you say... Since we're all about making an impact at all marketing school, we're all about supporting other people and marketing to hearts, not to brains. What does it mean to you when I say making a positive impact on your audience and why? Uh, so what does it mean to, to make a positive uh, impact? This is the question. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, throughout my whole life, like it was all about um, kind of making friends, making friends while picking fruits, making friends while... Uh, skateboarding, making friends, you know, along studies. And I think um, as a brand, um, for us, for example, uh, I think in terms of impact, it's not the, the software per se, I would say. It's really about we B2B company. And I think 90% or most B2B companies these days, they, they're really cold. Uh, I mean, um, they, you don't have a really a strong relationship with your audience, with your customers. And uh, I think it's really important uh, this day um, to, there's a shift happening for me, also from B2B companies uh, where um, you, you build real relationships uh, with your, your customers and audience. And in terms of impact as a whole, uh, I think it's good for everyone in terms of how you are treated as a customer, as a buyer, as a prospect or whatever. It spreads basically more positivity. Um, so I, w I would say this is the impact part because as a sales prospecting tool, I, I can say uh, you are really the, the impact uh, thing in the world, but you can do it with positivity because obviously when people do sales or when people are pitched or receive cold emails or whatever, you don't want to, you want things to be personalized, right? And uh, so you don't want uh, people just to spam you. You don't want uh, yourself to be a spammer. And so you, you, basically what we do is to teach people and, and lead people where, where towards more personalization to make, feel, to make things warmer. And so you want to spread humor and positivity uh, in sales. Uh, and because normally sales is, there's a term for that. They say B2B is, uh, is boring to boring. And uh, so we want to, to do B2B less boring to boring, uh, right? <laughs> you know what? You said something that, first of all, lol but also it made me think because it's true there is a bit of a misconception still about b2b and actually we had a lovely chat with uh tom hunt recently as well for the podcast all about b2b and also podcasting that's one of the things he does as well and it was interesting to see actually how overall b2b marketing but also you're very active as a founder i think just b2b companies and softwares that maybe before were a bit like some of the b2c business to cost to consumer ones that were a bit removed from the public and now obviously B, B, B2C. A lot of the founders are frontline on LinkedIn. They're very active, they share their story. And I've seen that happening a lot also in the B2B space where again, before maybe it wasn't as much. And I love the fact that it goes back a bit into what you just mentioned about 
still what you offer when it comes to the education, obviously the software, to support with uh, sales prospecting and outreach. I'll tell you something, actually. We, we did, at time of recording, we just did our um, class on sales for our certification. So it's in the section of sales and marketing. And I wanted to guess, roughly, we asked her, so one of our teachers is Chelsea, she teaches the class, and she asked roughly the average rate they will give themselves when it comes to confidence in sales between one and 10. Can you guess which one was the average that our students gave roughly? Where was it sitting? How confident or how good do they feel about sales? Just based on your experience. So 10 is like really confident? Yes. And, and one is like, ugh, uh, icky. So average was like four? Maybe? Roughly. Rough. Yes, it was. <laughs> Everybody else was thinking potentially were like four or five. It is. It was between four and five. Yeah, four. And it surprises me because even when I talked to you and I, we talked before as well, I enjoy that side of sales when it comes to connecting with people. But I think there's so much misconception around it and understanding actually called outreach. I think also the name doesn't help it. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> to be honest, you know what I mean? This is why we call Brett called. <laughs> I know, Ryan, that's what I wanted to ask, you know, based on what we know, because again, our students also said it. So I know it's not just us thinking that maybe sales still has a bit of a interesting kind of connotation. But also from your experience, obviously having a software that really focuses on core outreach and allowing people to personalize and change the perspective around it. Why do you think there is still so much resistance or so much um, skepticism around it? Uh, Because of... um because of spammers first uh if we if we take i mean it's there's a there's a loads of things but um if we take cold emails first uh obviously like pretty much every single day we all receive uh especially if you you already have a company you all, you receive every single day um uh cold emails really long uh really unrelevant and like maybe 50% of them, they go directly to the spam folder, which is already good. <laughs> but for the remaining part, you still receive it. Uh, and it's just about them, the offer. Uh, it's not relevant to your company. They, they haven't done research on you. It's it's badly segmented. And so because of that, because maybe 90% of the time we receive this kind of emails, uh, the common opinion, general opinion is bad. But still, there's like 10 or 5%, which are really great emails, but you don't receive them that often. So in the end, like the the balance in terms of emotion goes for, uh, yeah, cold emailing or sales prospecting, uh, cold outreach with email is bad. And the same goes with LinkedIn now. Because like a few, yeah, a few years ago, maybe like um, when you receive a, a cold DM, on LinkedIn or Twitter, I don't know, maybe LinkedIn, you you were like, oh, it's cool, like the, someone reached out to me. But now people know that it's automated because to be honest, like most people they do it with uh, automated tools. And um, and now you, you don't even reply to this person because they will just, I have some people sometimes, I they, they, follow, they did a follow-up on me like five, five times in a row and still with five different messages that are, totally irrelevant to myself or it just about the offer really long messages and so again because of that because of probably lack of education and lack of just how to be a, a human online people have a have a bad look on sales and actually in a way it's good because if you if you're really a human being a normal human being online you can have 
fantastic results just by just by being normal because the competition is really low in the end. That's an excellent point. And also I love that it brings it back to what we believe in, what we teach and support our students with, which is marketing to humans. Yeah. And because sales is such a big part of it, when you are marketing, you're also selling yourself or selling your products. So a lot of the time you might find yourself having individual conversations with people, even if it's not necessarily your, your role, but even more so when you're a small founder and you actually are also having that hat on of being trying to find new partnerships and collaboration, it can be it can be really daunting, as you say, because you have those negative experiences. But then I love the flip side that you gave yeah. us. It means that when you are just a tiny bit different and you take a tiny bit more time, it makes a hell yeah. of a difference. And I think, as you say, it stands out in a positive way. Um, definitely on LinkedIn. I love that you brought up LinkedIn because that's been one of my pet peeves. And I'll tell you what, I want to know your opinion yeah. on this. <laughs> one of our alumni, she's a sales um, rep and she's amazing. Shout out to Jess. And she, she said, you know what? If you see that it's automated, I don't even respond anymore. I just ignore it. And I was like, oh, but I don't want it to be nice and polite. I wanted to say, because some of them are a bit more clever. And I was like, and then I realized that I was duped. And I think that's yeah. the problem. When you think you're talking to a human and you realize it's not, I felt duped by this person. I was like, I reached out because you, I thought you were real, but yeah. you were not. And as you said, that's, that's what gets into this big educational piece, why education is needed to understand how, funnily enough, reconnect with humans yes yeah, yeah exactly but the, the thing like there's, a, there's so many arguments on that because uh depending on your offer or what you're selling if you if you do the step manually it maybe doesn't worth it for you if for example imagine you you just sell something five dollar per month uh plan or i don't know uh and it, it doesn't make sense to do sales outreach uh for you and and so they will they will just send blast emails and ex and assume that a really small percentage will convert into paid users or whatever. But if you're an agency or, I don't know, like a consulting firm and that you sell uh, one deal can might be 50K pounds or something, uh, it's it actually worth it to take just take the time on 10, 20 people and really spend the time to personalize your approach, each follow-ups on LinkedIn, emails or whatever. But again, if your offer is just five dollar, five pounds per month, then don't do outreach because it means that it's not the it's not the way how you will acquire customers. Maybe it's with uh, SEO or with uh, marketing uh, uh, or ads or whatever. But outreach also is not uh, doesn't suit every each all the all company types. And so uh, you also need to understand that um, when you want to do this kind of thing. And I think people. They just don't understand the offer first when they do outreach. First, you need to understand your offer, your target customers. And then even if your, mes your message is bad, if you have a good targeting and if your offer is good, you, you will it will work. But if you actually people who fail at outreach are doing cold outreaches, they fail the first part, which is qualify your prospect and, um, and uh, yeah, and, and segmented your audience, etc having a good offer yeah well going back to the to what we'll say is the bread and butter which is obviously the foundation is understanding yeah. your your audience and understanding how your offer is helping them and i love that you brought up also understanding the almost the return of investment from each obviously from, from each person that signs up and it's quite honest to say like if you're doing that scale and if you want more people for us for a lower price point then it's important as you say that you look at that 
sort of scale mass conversation first. And then I always suggest you almost allow yourself then to have more time to focus on and nurturing the customers that you have by the time that you save from outreach, you know, from doing this, as you say, outreach that might not actually be the best opportunity for you. But you also managed to mention again, personalization, which we mentioned a few times because that's a big part of what you do. So I want to ask, what are some tips when it comes to actually being able to truly personalize, whether it's an email, whether it's a first message on LinkedIn and not actually kind of like sounding like you literally just write the first thing that they do and be like, I love the yeah. fact that you work at this company and actually giving us a bit of a personal element. Because I think we all know that that's what stands out for us, something that makes us smile, something that catches our attention. What are some ways that we can do that for ourselves? Yeah, I think there's two types, uh, two ways to do it nowadays. There's manually or with the help of AI. So if we talk about manually first, uh, it's pretty, pretty simple pretty common sense to be honest like you just scroll the the linkedin page uh the linkedin profile of your prospect uh looking for interesting information something that you can relate on uh, so for example I, I mentioned in my bio on, on linkedin i do skateboarding maybe you can uh, attack me with a sentence about skateboarding or then you can also look for podcasts it's good to listen to podcasts and maybe uh with, without listening to the whole podcast but searching for one or two quick sentences that you can re re put back into your email or your DM, whatever, but just really a, a short message, uh, like one line, uh, one or two sentences. And so, yeah, you can do it by looking at the bio, education, volunteering experience, every single details that can be for you to have an idea of crafting a first line, basically. But you need to do it manually. So people tend to, oh, it will, it won't help me, etc. Uh, but uh, and then you have, and then the the next part of your email is generic. Is the same thing for everyone. But the first two lines are specific. This is the first way to do it. But the second way to do it, if you really want to do to hyper hyper personalize your emails, is to to find the first two sentences manually uh, about for me it would be like about skateboarding or some story that i was a lawyer before i don't know and then you will you want also to customize the body of the email and not to have a generic thing so yeah i noticed that i don't know you have um, jennifer who's working in business development uh, and i also noticed you you have upspot um, are you doing prospecting you know like and then you specific to entirely to the company that you're re reaching out so this is the first way to it just common sense but it takes a lot of time so this is why people don't do it to be honest and the, the second way is to use ai tools so nowadays um for example from a linkedin url or website url um with the use of ai it can generate you it will looking it will look for the information the bio the volunteering experience etc and then it will generate a first line with AI. The, the, the line will, won't be perfect as if it were you that you do the line. But the thing is, it will save you probably 60 to 70% of the time. So you just have to review the lines and tweak it in your own way. Because obviously, a line is so subjective. So some people would say it's amazing. Some people would say, oh, it's really bad. Uh, but still, you, you have saved maybe 70% of the time actually opening the, the the page doing the research so all the data are gathered and you have a summary with, with a quick good line and so this is how you can do it but 
if you really want to hyper-personalize DMs or emails, you need to, to, to spend like five minutes to 10 minutes to really find the, the good information, like this little thing that it's impossible uh, that, you, it, that it has made with AI or whatever. And, um, and, and another thing is just to make a loom. Loom videos are working great for most people. Again, it takes time, but it's actually easier because you can just talk and scroll to the profile or, t- or scroll to the website and, and, and spot the stuff as you record the loom. So it's, it's, it's easier for your brain to process. Um, and so most some people who have the best results with cold outreach actually is that they just spend two minutes recording a loom video and then putting the link in the email or in the DM when they reach out to someone, um, especially on LinkedIn, some people, they, they present themselves to you. And so uh, once you once you are connected with them, they will record a video and say, hey, Harno, uh, nice to meet you. I'm Tom. I'm doing that, that. But even if they're pitching, it's, it's warmer because it's a video personalized, tailored to you. So it's cool, you know? Yeah. I had a couple of those experiences. I love that you brought it up because actually I did have a couple of uh, videos or like short audio messages sent to me. And it's just really nice. Um, to be honest, I find it quite easier for myself too. I'll I'll share that we actually do this with our students. So that's a bit different. So it's not called outreach, but they already have, like, you know, they literally enroll. And after they enroll, they do get a personalized message from me just to say, hi, I'm welcome and excited to have you here. And I love this just, just to kind of, talk about the power of the short videos and one of them replied to me and, and she was like oh I thought it was a you know a, a generic video and then he started talking about me and you know the reason why I joined and stuff because we asked them that and I was like oh that's for me thank you so and then she replied to some of the questions I asked so I think it's still really nice and genuine enough but also not as common that it's got the element of surprise because let's be honest I think that's where you go through the threshold of is a really nice gesture to actually, it does take a bit of time. So in a way, most people still, even if they know they can do it, they wouldn't do it because I think the video can be a bit more laborious for a lot of people. So if you can make the time for it, especially if it's a big partnership, especially if it's, again, obviously to me, it's a no-brainer when it comes to new students, is a nice little thing. And again, it works really well and it still surprises people a lot, I find. They think it's like a you know generic welcome when actually it's not. Yeah, yeah, and, and and another thing that uh, I think it's actually uh, we we found a gap in this whole process of reaching out to people, and this is the direction that we take with Breakall at the moment. Is that um, there, there's a piece um, that that people forget is that sometimes you don't have to send an email or send a DM um, to connect with someone. Maybe you can just engage with them on the, on social media because these days. Uh, okay, not everyone, not all prospects are on Twitter, on LinkedIn. But I think on LinkedIn, I think 80% of B2B sales happen on LinkedIn or something like that. Um, and so the thing is, pe- nowadays people, even if they're not posting uh, daily on LinkedIn, um, they they share posts maybe one, week, um, one day per week, uh, one time a week, sorry, or one time per month. And some people, they just comment or like something. And so you can use that to engage with people. And this is a, a gap we want to fill with Breakall. Uh, I haven't seen that nowhere, to be honest, because I've, uh, for some technical reason, it's hard. But I think people should engage first with someone. And because you have engaged with them 
uh, one time or maybe three times on the LinkedIn post or on a Twitter, on a, on a, on a tweet or something, if then you reach out, even if your message is not exceptional, even if the message is generic, your brain, for some reasons, will remember this person because they have engaged with your content at least once or two. It happened to me as well all the times on Twitter or something. Sometimes someone who engaged with my stuff like maybe three months ago and then they, they reach out to me. For some reason, I remember them, even if it was just a, a, a small stuff. And so you will reply to them because they have engaged with you. And it's more natural because sometimes people engage with you, you engage back, then you check the profile, you check the person and you oh, oh, actually I should send them a message. And so it's natural and it's, it's how it should happen. And so um, this is a direction we want to, to, to take where you basically you, you find quality leads, you build relationship first, and then it, you, you send a message, but it's not a cold DM or a cold email. It's, it's a warm outreach, um, I, I, w- I would say. I'm going to put it out there. I think you should like, rename Break Cold the warm yeah. sales outreach. Like that, 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 that's where you should go with it because I, I agree and I cannot agree more actually because I do that a bit more manually because currently we are in the process of having support yeah. from an external person. Uh, like a new team member when it comes to sales. Eventually, I kind of like I'm stepping away to, to yeah. teach more because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I still, as a founder, I'm just saying for some of the, the listeners who might be like, maybe I'm a marketer or maybe I'm a founder and um, I don't do as much of, let's say, more of a cold or like a, a sales related outreach. But especially as a founder and also as a marketer, it could even be just approaching people for partnerships. Again, sometimes if there's somebody that I think we can do some sort of work together, is a similar is a similar concept. You're still probably asking them to do something for you, which still puts you in a position of you know asking for something before they even know who you are. So I do something similar where I actually keep track of my peeps and I make sure that I engage with them. Obviously, done automatically in some ways or slightly helps, but currently I'm doing it manually, and it really helps. First of all, I try to do a ten people roughly at a time so that I can build enough to have a conversation with them. And then obviously makes life a bit easier because then you can stack at them. And it can feel a bit overwhelming, but I think we forget that the wealth of knowledge and contacts and networks that you have means that once you have established a good relationship, even if you don't talk to somebody for six months, but then maybe they come back into your mind because you have an opportunity for them, that person yeah, will spring up to mind. So I just want to reiterate. Definitely. Yeah. Now we talked a lot about warmer, so I'm going to go colder again. Uh, slightly when writing a cold message, whether it's a message or an email, we talked about personalization a lot. I wanted to ask you, is there anything else that you think we should keep in mind when it comes to writing an introductory email? I'm going to call it introductory email or message as well, just to kind of reframe it slightly, but anything that we should think about aside from adding elements of personalization as well? Yeah, maybe two things. Uh, the first thing maybe would be you can actually have good results without personalizing without personalization uh, because we talk about personalization but maybe some people will say oh yeah uh, I don't want to do that and so uh, you can actually have good results without personalization but the, the thing is you need to really spend a lot of time finding quality leads quality prospects because some people will just get a, a big list like a thousand people but they actually not suited for the business and so um, that, it, there's no point to contact them. And um, 
and then crafting a good offer. If you have a really irresistible offer for the good person, even if it's not personalized, it will work. Like uh, it, it happened to me once. Some someone shoot me an email, really basic, free, free sentences, but it was a pain point I had. It was the perfect solution. Became a customer like a day before, a day after. Sorry, <laughs> a day after. And um, yeah, so crafting your offer and spending time to get uh, the good person suited for your business. So segmented your your list in, uh, is really important. And then uh, obviously we haven't talked about deliverability um, because um, loads of people, um, they shoot emails. You can have a good offer. You can have um, segmented your list in a good way. Etc. But the thing is, if you end up in a spam folder, what for? <laughs> and so um, um, you need to work on your email delivery first. If we talk about emails here, because uh, um, basically when you create an email address, a B two B email address, for example, or even a regular one, if you start to shoot twenty emails a day, fifty emails a day, uh, you will end up into the spam folder pretty fast because. Um, it's not the regular behavior you had before, and uh, assuming you don't, assuming you don't have like eighty percent in reply rate. So imagine you shoot a hundred emails, for sure uh, you will just have five to twenty if you're lucky people who will reply to your emails, but not eighty people replying to a hundred emails straight away. And so by default, the Google algorithm and Outlook algorithm will detect that. And so they will, um, over, over time, they will pretty much say that you're a spammy person. And so there's a few techniques to avoid that. And so uh, the technique is basically using an email warm-up tool. So long story short, people, what they do normally to warm up an email is that they have a couple of emails and they manually send emails to each other mailboxes. And so this is how they warm up an email. And But now there's a, with software, you can warm up your email address by just putting your email address in one of these tools and automatically it will send every single day like 20 emails 30 emails to some people to some other people of the platform and automatically these people will reply to you to your emails and it will be uh, put into uh, an invisible folder in your gmail account or whatever and so by doing that it will always have your delivery on points because you will trick uh, Google algorithm and Outlook algorithm that you will have loads of responses all the time. And so then you can shoot loads of emails every day without having problems about going to the spam folder. Um, so you need to take care about that because um, loads of people actually, um, they fail on that. And also they, don't just, they just don't use the right software to send emails. For example, when I talk to a loads of... Um, business developer or, or people who have a small company, a small business, they use the CRMs. So, for example, Upspot or Pipedrive or Salesforce are really, um, really popular, especially Upspot. And Upspot, basically, they use Upspot to send emails. And the thing is, they have an open rate about, of about 20% or something. And um, it's basically because Upspot is not suited to send called emails because you use the server of Opspot. So without going into details, it's not a software 
it's a software to send email marketing uh, stuff, but not to send cold emails for sales purposes. And so be, make sure to also use the right software for the right use case um, of the software. So, yeah. <laughs> into quick fire, into tools. I know what is your indispensable tool for your day-to-day work. It can be anything. Yeah, uh, I think they're indispensable tool. Uh, I don't think I have, I think Twitter. I think Twitter is my indispensable tool, uh, I would say, uh, because this is where we we have loads of reach and where, um, yeah, I think Twitter and LinkedIn. But if I would pick one uh, right now, I would say, uh, I would say Twitter, um, probably for for what we do. So because this is how I, we met most of the people we do business with. But not only that, it's where we met all the other founders who build uh, softwares and where we share tips and learnings. Um, this is what, yeah. So I would say Twitter uh, on a day to day on a day to day basis. Twitter probably. Love it. Thank you. Now, a bit left field. We're gonna go on the other side. I would love to know what is the last picture that you took on your phone that we can talk about that you can share. Do you know what it is? I don't have my phone here, but I think the last picture I took was maybe not took, but yeah, it was a screenshot for because I'm I'm moving I'm moving location uh, in France um, from Pat from uh, pretty much Paris to Lyon. So I think there was a picture to for a new flat that, that i sent to to my girlfriend <laughs> probably, probably i that. love it amazing well good luck with the move from everyone at the school we shall say um very yeah. very exciting and now the, the, the next question again i think we kind of answered it but maybe you're going to slightly change the answer the answer the question is what is your favorite social media platform so now you told me about your indispensable tools so i'm expecting to be one of the two so which one would be your favorite social media platform? Uh, I don't know if it's a social media per se, but I would say YouTube then, because technically you can engage with people and make friends in the comments or in the live chat uh, with all the features they have these days. So I would say YouTube then, uh, if we can consider it as a social media. You know what's way. funny? It's so funny. So many people mention YouTube and then they ask me, is that allowed? So I, I kind of had to at some point say yes, because everybody says it. So I do, I do love that. And you know, genuinely not the first one. So I'll take that. So do you remember, actually, I'm going to open it up because you gave us a couple of platforms. Do you remember the last person you followed on one of your most common platforms? Because again, you're also on Twitter every day. So that you would recommend our audience, one of the last people you followed on any of the platforms that you mentioned. That I followed, and uh, so yeah, that I followed maybe Nathan Latka from Nathan Latka Magazine. Uh, had a podcast with him, a uh, really great guy uh, doing podcast about softwares and how to launch a company or at any stages. In he's interviewing loads of founders, and I think it's the last person maybe probably I followed on Twitter specifically. And uh, yeah, so maybe it can be also valuable to your audience so as, a, as a match. Love it. We always love recommendations. So thank you. So the final, but not least, question is, I don't know, if you had a super magic power, or I say a, ma- a magic phone, 
and you could broadcast. Okay, imagine. imagine. <laughs> and you could broadcast one message onto everyone's phones. What would this one message be? Yeah, I don't know. Right now, right now it would be trybreakall.com. <laughs> but but if we if we look about something deeper, I think I will just put like a, a random word like LOL because it will be so random that it will people will talk about it like what the fuck like uh, why is we all receive LOL you know so something pretty weird like that. I love that we went from from a nice little like sales plug all the way into LOL. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. It's not right or wrong. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for talking about, I know one of the topics you really know a lot about, but also I really grueled you into it. So I massively appreciate you sharing so much wisdom and really giving us so many incredible tips. So thank you so much again for joining us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Fab. It was a pleasure. Pleasure on my side. And if people want to know more about it, and since they don't have the message to try break all on their phones right now, even if they have it in their ears, what, where should they go? Where, where can they find out more about you and Breakhold? Yeah, um, you can check us out at breakhold.com. And um, so otherwise, you can shoot me an email to Arno uh, at Bellinga uh, at breakhold.com. But I'm really active, active sorry, on, on Twitter uh, at Arno Bellinga CX. And uh, but you can just type break call and you will find me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shoot, don't hesitate to shoot me a DM or an email if you have any question. Uh, I reply to everyone uh, at least uh, one time a week. So uh, yeah, see you. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.